Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hi, how are you doing? Well, my name is Amal. It's nice to meet you too. Um, so, how can I help you? If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. My mother and father, they passed away, the bastards, you know? They left me this I'll show you the house, you know what I mean? And then you decide, you know, what you want to do. You come inside, you got a living room, right? I got to tell you more of that. You got a mother dining room where you eat like your pig slob that you are, right? You got a kitchen, granite countertops. Who the cares, right? Here's the kitchen. See it? There you go. That sort of coarse language is far beneath the dignity of this room. Try, uh, open the pod bay door, Hal. Open the pod... Di- open the pod bay door, Hal. That may be beyond my abilities at the moment. I think it was beyond my abilities at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. That was not on Siri. That was on me. <laughs> Don't bogart that joint, my friend. Listen up. I don't like white people. Don't bogart that joint, my friend. Pass it over to me. So what happens when we go out to a party with some sisters, huh? And now. God damn it, Bean. How many times do I have to tell you? Fry-yay is never going to happen, okay? Fry-yay will never be a thing. Now, Saturday, okay, Saturday, I'm down with Saturday. Our feature presentation. What's up, party people? Welcome into yet another all-new Kevin and Bean show. This time for a Friday, yay, yay, the fifth of October. I hate to uh, admit this uh, out of context for listeners; it will confuse a great deal. But uh, Jensen, I thought of you yesterday. Nice. When I pooped at a Denny's. Okay. <laughs> well, I was with you, and I'm actually still with you. Oh, really? Well, I just think if poop brings you, you know, thoughts of me, I'm just happy you have thoughts of me. Okay. I'm I a just... real egotist. Very sad. Mm-hmm. For very folks who sad. <laughs> didn't hear the show yesterday, that's a very disturbing comment. Yeah. But uh, I, did, I, I, I had to, and I thought, oh. Poor Jensen would be driving so fast to get home right now. Oh, I wouldn't be far from my home at that point. <laughs> Question, though, how was how was the experience? Uh, my biggest concern is that people would walk in. No one walked in. Well, then you're fine. No one walked in. Mm. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. So I uh, felt, felt good about that. Good. Felt good about my Build Your Own Grand Slam. It was a pretty good experience. Ew, oh. is that what was, you're calling it? Was that the poo <laughs> or the food? No, that, was the, that was the lunch, you Disgusting guys. Disgusting bean. I'll be right back. I got to go build my own Grand Slam. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Ew. <laughs>
That's uh, actually too close to the expression we did learn on this show, building a mountain, which is something we don't want to talk about at all. Uh, quick question, and then we get into the thing. I want to ask you, especially Allie, as a major mm. uh, sports fan, mm-hmm. do you prefer, as a sports fan, do you want a game like last night where the outcome is never in question? talking Dodgers, Uh or do you want a game with a little bit of excitement that kind of is a butthole pucker and then is ultimately perhaps more satisfying if it's a close game and your team ends up winning? Uh, With the Dodgers? Mm -hmm. Game like last night. You want to blow All games like last night. Okay. Please, for the love of God. You don't want to get into a last minute, uh, somebody's given up two homers in the ninth, and, and now you're wondering if you're going to lose your lead. Um, I don't I don't love that. Okay. But if you knew you were going to win. If I knew we were going to win, You sure, want a close we, game. I'm on the Dodgers now? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I just need the Dodgers to get through, maybe make it to the next round. Then I'll take a couple butthole puckers. But okay. right now, let's just make it easy. Because the reason I ask is, of course, you enjoy the game if the mm-hmm. Dodgers are winning, but... As a baseball fan, you also want to see some excitement. You also want to see yeah. some, some tension and some, you know, some at-bats that count. You and it's I mean? a long game, and you find yourself walking into other rooms, you know, taking little breaks from watching it. Cause it building is your Grand Slam, right. Building my Grand Slam. <laughs> it is a little boring. Right, exactly, when it's a blowout. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations to uh, Low Stoyers and uh, do it again tonight with uh, with Clayton Kershaw on the mound. So that's exciting. And by the way, I don't want to hear any any talk at all of a curse because with Clayton Kershaw in the postseason because that he he threw that off of him last season. Yeah. Well, that- no one was saying it until now. So. <laughs> and you almost said Clayton Kershaw. Yep. Oh, which, how I heard dare it. you? I heard which it. would be a problem. How dare you? Yeah. All right. Here's the thing today. I love this story, but I'm also confused by it, so maybe you guys can help me. A uh, farmer who wishes to remain anonymous, which is not a sentence I've said very often, by the way, (laughs) bought a piece of property in Michigan in 1988 in Edmore, Michigan. While touring the property, he spotted a rock propping open the door of the farmhouse and asked the previous owner what it was. The farmer said it was a meteorite. It had come down in the 1930s. He heard it, saw it when it came down, dug it up while it was still warm. He said, it's a meteorite, but it's part of the property, so you can have it. It's yours. Hmm. So, uh, nice, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, what's the what's the word when you, uh, when you have something that you like to show off to people when they come to your house? Uh, building a mountain. No, I don't think that's it. Oh. Conversation piece. Okay. Okay. Nice conversation piece. So he has this uh, meteorite. Now, he lived on the farm for a few years, and then he moved, and he took the rock with him. For the past 30 years, he has used it as a doorstop and has occasionally sent it off to school with his kids for show and tell, again, because he was told it was a meteorite. Mm -hmm. Then, earlier this year, he started seeing stories in the news about people who were finding and selling pieces of meteorite that had come come to the earth. And he thought... I wonder if it's worth something. I've had it all these years as a doorstop. I know it's a meteorite. I should take it and have it it checked out. So he took it to Central Michigan University. A geology professor there said for 18 years, people have been bringing rocks to her, and they're never meteorites. In fact, here's some science comedy. They're meteor wrongs, not meteorites. Is what she said. (laughs) (laughs) But she said, I could tell right away that this was something special. She tested it, determined it was, in fact, a meteorite made up of 88.5% iron, 11.5% nickel, weighing 22 pounds, the sixth largest recorded meteorite found in Michigan. Which is a very specialty (laughs) category. Who's keeping track of that? (laughs) Does that person sleep? 
It's the most valuable <laughs> specimen I have ever held in my life, monetarily and scientifically. They double ver- verified it by sending a slice of it to the Smithsonian. They said, yes, in fact, it's a meteorite. What do you think it's worth? This man has used this rock as a doorstop for 30 years. How much will he sell it for? Well, I like the idea that the scientist said it was the most expensive thing she's ever held, not only in science but in real life. But I hope it's like 240 bucks. <laughs> saddest woman. I've never held anything. <laughs> what do you think, Miss McKay? Well, you're saying you're making a real point of saying it was a doorstop for 30 years, right? Which means it's got to be a ton of money. Okay. So I'm gonna say 5.5 million dollars. Okay. I'm gonna say three. Oh, well, I'm gonna say 800 thousand dollars. All right, little chip, go low. Uh, 1.5 million. Well, you've really poo-pooed all over my story because it's only a hundred thousand oh, dollars. Now, oh. now mm. seems like nothing. Who cares? Boo! <laughs> that, Boo. That poor scientist. Right. Right. Oh. That's the Friday of stories. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Beat it, Rock. But still, a hundred thousand dollars for something that he's just had laying in his yard. Essentially, that's a pretty nice uh, return on his investment from and that farm. Can I say it came with the farm? Yes. Because it was found there. Right. He couldn't leave that for the next owners? Well, he knew it was a... I mean, I guess he could have, but he knew it was a meteorite and wanted to take it with him, I guess. Maybe he thought it was cool. I, I don't know. I don't the know. The first guy who sold him, who actually dug out the meteorite mm-hmm. in the 30s, he's the coolest He's for the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. That's how like, they, yeah. That's how they found Superman. That's correct, as that a matter is, of fact. Uh, that's that, a movie, that was real. So. No, that happened. Okay. No, that's a All documentary, right. the movie. Oh, I didn't know. The first <laughs> no, one. Yeah, the first one oh. is, but the Richard Pryor one is a movie. Oh, got it. Yeah. All right, let me ask okay. one final question on this, and then we'll move on. And that is, why is it worth $100,000? Because it's uh, the sixth largest meteorite ever Michigan. found in the in western Michigan. part of Michigan. <laughs> but I don't understand why it's valuable. Where there's been there's been. I was going to say thousands, maybe maybe thousands, certainly hundreds of meteorites that have mm-hmm. fallen to Earth. Just because it comes from space, I'm asking, who is it worth that much money to and why? Do I'm sure some, do they use it in like, I just am thinking about like when you would go buy like a Spencer's Gifts or like a Brookstone. No, and they I don't have think those so. Like, like those the paper, Yeah, those <laughs> paperweights. What, what typically happens is that these meteorites can either be sold and shown in a museum or sold to collectors and mm-hmm. sellers looking to make a profit. Oh, so that's it. Collectors, huh? I hope they have their own dating app. Oh, man. I just, it's not as much money as you guys thought, but it's a lot of money. And I'm just trying to figure out why it's worth so much money. Like, how much would you pay if somebody came up to you and said, here's a meteorite, and you weren't going to resell it? How much would you pay for it? How much would you care? I'm just thinking of a dating app of, like, meteorite now and, like, all the different ways we could do this for meteorite enthusiasts. Not a whole lot of sex, though. I'm on it. Just just talking about rocks. Rock (laughs) talk. Rock all right, good. let's take a look at today's all-new Get Kevin your rocks off? Get your rocks off is yeah. good. All right, I'm, I'm moving on here, uh, you guys. By the way, I'd like to call it Dwayne Johnson at this point, not The Rock. Stupid. <laughs> all right. Blah, 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 show. I'm just totally psyched. What's going on with that? Uh, you're psyched because it's a hell of a show today. First of all, one of the greatest guitarists alive today, and I think that's indisputable, Mr. Tom Morello mm-hmm. is going to be joining us in studio today with a new solo album, Get Ready to Come Out with a ton of guests, and we'll hear some new music from that. You'll be shocked to know, or maybe you won't, how many people have died in the last few years taking selfies. My takeaway is not enough. 
But <laughs> it's a shocking number, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. What people will do for the gram is going to be, I think, a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, Mr. Six Second Review himself, our good friend Russ Leatherman, is going to be on. This is a showdown at the box office this weekend with two of the most anticipated movies of 2018, Venom and A Star is Born. As you pointed out earlier in the week, Jen, Jepson, not a uh, not a tremendous amount of crossover, perhaps, between those two films. No, but I hope the Marvel Universe allows it. So so which uh, fan base is going to turn out, Venom or A Star is Born? Which one is worth seeing? So we'll talk to Russ on the program today. Allie's boyfriend, Billy Idol, is going to be joining us today as well. I love him so much. He's pretty dreamy. Very cool. Uh, keep it 100 because it is Fry-yay. Uh, cheers with Beer Mug on the program today. He went to his favorite bar in the Valley and asked, what would you do if you won the lottery? People had some surprising answers. And it's that time of year. We're about three weeks out from when you've got to come up with a Halloween costume. What is the most offensive Halloween costume you will see this year? What offensive Halloween costumes have you seen in the past? They're already putting out lists advising you what not to dress as on Halloween, by the way. So we'll get into all that coming up just after 6. First, uh, quick break, and Allie's got what's happening right after this on K-Rock. The Kevin and Bean Show, world-famous K-Rock. I had uh, asked on uh, social media yesterday if anyone had any questions for Tom Rello or Billy Idol to go ahead and pass them my way. We'll try to work them into the interview today, because a lot of times listeners are sitting on things that they'd love to ask if they could, and we're their voice, right? So Julia writes in, hey, for Billy Idol, will you ask him, what will it take for him to have sex with me? Oh. Okay. Yeah, we'll leave with that. So we'll try to uh, try to work mm-hmm. that out. What must that be like to, well, Jen, Jensen, you would know, certainly, what, to what? be just walking around and have women <laughs> everywhere just want to have sex with you because of who you are? It's a burden. Yeah. It, mu- it must be exhausting, be. too. Yeah, it's tiring. Uh-huh. I also, I sometimes I feel like a piece of meat. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't feel good. Uh, and I want them to know that I also have a brain yeah. that will also <laughs> make them throw themselves in this yeah, is a, it's, it's like kind of your kind of your me too moment. I mean, you can't go anywhere without being undressed by their eyes, right? Yeah, it's like a yeah. It's it's uh, honestly it times up. Well, Billy Idol survives it, I guess, and we'll find out. Uh, we'll see how it goes with him and Julia when we talk to him later on today. Allie's here with what's happening on a Friday. Good morning. Good morning, Chris Evans. He seemed to confirm yesterday that he's done playing Captain America, leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Here's what he tweeted, officially wrapped on Avengers 4. It was an emotional day, to say the least. Playing this role over the last eight years has been an honor. To everyone in front of the camera, behind the camera, and in the audience, thank you for the memories. Eternally grateful. (sighs) Of course, he's been teasing his departure for months, if you guys remember. His interview with the New York Times, he said, you want to get off the train before they push you off. And I think that's a, a good way to go about roles and albums, athletic careers. Go out on top. I mean, I think he'll stay acting. <laughs> yes. I just think it's Captain America. Are there people, I mean, people always say that they call that pulling a Seinfeld. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like okay. going out on top. Mm-hmm. Do you, because th- I, I don't, like Seinfeld didn't actually go away. Like, he just started drinking yeah. coffee in cars with comedians. Right. Is there anyone who went out literally on top and then was never, like, heard from again? Hmm. Well, I mean, uh, David Letterman. Yeah. Although, Although he has the Netflix, Netflix show. show. Yeah. He has the Netflix show. I'm just Johnny, Car- Johnny Carson. Yes, Carson would be it. That would be a good one. You have to go back a long way to find a person like that, though. For yeah. folks who don't know, he was the host of The Tonight Show before Jay Leno and before Jimmy Fallon. And he was the biggest thing in late-night television and just retired from show business. Yeah, and you then, just, like... You just erasing Conan from that? You just erasing him from oh, The Tonight Show? Oh, I forgot show? about his seven months, God right? Sorry. damn it. Uh, and then Carson moved to, like, a beach house, and then no one ever heard from him again. 
Oh, yeah. No, he always lived in Malibu. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I have to play this clip, Allie. I'm sorry. It's going to eat up the rest of your time. Okay. But you brought up Seinfeld going out on top. He was on the Larry King show. I don't know if you guys remember this interview, but it's one of my all-time favorites. It lasted how long? Nine years. 180 episodes. You gave it up, right? I did. So. They didn't cancel you. You canceled them. You're not aware of this? No, I'm, I'm asking you. You think I got canceled? Are you under the impression I, that I, I got canceled? I hurt you, Jerry. I thought don't, that was pretty well documented. Don't, this don't, is, a, shows is this still down. CNN? Don't. I was the number one show on television, Larry. <laughs> you were Do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> Jewish guy, Brooklyn. Yes. Okay. 75 million viewers. Last okay. episode. What? You don't it take like it canceled. so bad. Well, that's a, a big difference between being canceled and being number one. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> How great is that? I mean, Larry, Larry famously did not do research for his interviews. No. And occasionally it showed. Occasionally, yeah. <laughs> really, it wasn't any more Massapequa than Brooklyn, if we're honest. Sure. I mean, just get it right. It's a funny piece of tape, though. Oh, it's real good. It's real good. Really upset you just erased Conan's existence. I'm that, really I'm it, sorry about that. I mean, it hurt. I mean, he was on for a week, and I did I did forget well, about it. Well, thanks, Jay Leno. Some birthdays for you. Kate Winslet, Jesse Eisenberg, Jacob Tremblay, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you guys. Yes. He's been on this show not once, but he came back, Jensen, for a second time. Hmm. We we didn't scare him away. Which means he doesn't mind hanging out with dum-dums. With no. idiots. The science. Yes. He's an astrophysicist, you guys. Mm -hmm. He's got a big old brain. Yep. And Dylan Francis. He's a DJ and also funny. And that's what's happening. The Kevin and Bean Show, world-famous K-Rock. You're listening to the world-famous K-Rock at 106.7 KROQ. Kevin and Bean Show. It's really the most wonderful time of the year, you guys. I agree. Halloween, Halloween, ooh, Halloween. Ghostly things are gonna happen. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Sing it if you know it. Halloween spooks outside my window. Halloween spooks behind the tree. I wish that the children could see, but I can't find them for the life of me. And as Halloween spooks... Outside my window pane. Allie, are, are your uh, decorations already up? Are you all Halloween oh, out? Bean, they've been up for three weeks. Yeah. I am good. Yeah, you're set. Yes. Do you have a Halloween costume in mind yet? I have a, uh, as Jensen knows from going through my Amazon yep. account, I have a uh, a whole trunk of costumes from over the years. So I am set. Is, wow. Uh, is Sexy Leprechaun in the running? Sexy <laughs> Leprechaun is not in the running. Okay. I only break that out in March, but right. I appreciate you asking. Every uh, year about this time, the pressure's on to find a good Halloween, co Halloween costume, something that's, you know... Uh, exceptional. Mm -hmm. You don't just want to show up as a ghost, is what I'm saying. And every year, we see at least one or two stories of something that is released, and then there's an immediate backlash, and then we have the conversation about what's acceptable, what's funny, what's okay at Halloween, at costume parties. Like the uh, the sexy handmade tale. Yes. People said, you know what? Inappropriate. Mm -hmm. Based on the spirit of what that show is... You, that, it's the opposite of what they're doing in that show. Yeah. So don't do it. There's a list out now called the 15 offensive Halloween costumes you should never wear. And I don't know if you will agree with all of these, but I thought it might be fun to run down and see what this opinion is. And also maybe invite our listeners to call and talk about 
costumes that have been offensive to them that they have seen throughout the years. Because mm-hmm. it's a it's a fine line. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, off the air, we talked about uh, Omar, his costume, which was very offensive. Ugh. When he went dressed as DJ AM in the weeks following his death. And, oh, no. And he did two times. Oh, he did? I he, thought he, it was after the plane, plane crash. crash. Then he also did something after the death. Yes. Omar, good he, lord. He had it for DJ AM. Yeah, after, yeah. Absolutely after, awful. Now, would you look at that and go, no, because I think I would. Yeah, that's a no-ho-ho. I think that's a no-ho-ho, and in part because of how much respect I had for him and also for his friends that he left behind, like people like Travis Barker. I would never want him to hear about something like that happening on our watch. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's also like a tragic death. Right. But I remember when Steve Irwin died. Remember when he got, uh, what did he get speared with? Something jumped up out and killed him, right? Like a stingray. Yeah, yeah, there were there were. A, I mean, that was the hot costume. That well, year. that's kind of a funny death. <laughs> People thought it was hilarious to dress up <laughs> as Steve Irwin because it is hilarious. Is it, it, so? That's okay somehow. Right, you got killed by the thingy hunts. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Allie? Oh, the Steve Irwin costume was that okay? I don't even remember that. He got killed by a stingray. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Because he's a super young dude. He's filming his TV show. Yeah, and it jumped up and went through his heart or something like that. And he's the one that's like, that's not nice. No, that's no. that's uh, Paul Crocodile. Hogan. Oh. Crocodile. Yeah, Crocodile don't, don't because don't make fun of him. I love him. Also Just, dead. Oh. Is he All dead? Right. Wait, is Paul? Is he? No, dead? I think Paul Hogan is still. Oh, he's dead to me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. So here's here's the list this year of offensive Halloween costumes. I don't think you'll disagree with number one. Kids, don't be a Holocaust victim. No. Okay. No. Oh, no. I don't uh, dress up as a Nazi for Halloween. And don't be a Holocaust victim. Last year, several retailers came under fire for selling an Anne Frank costume for little girls. Oh, boy. Other stores, uh, by the way, you couldn't actually go out to the party if you were dressed as Anne Frank. Other, uh, other, uh, other. <laughs> Are you saying that if a kid dresses as Anne Frank, the family keeps her in the attic? Yes, that's exactly oh, okay. what I'm saying. Wow. Okay. That is a commitment to a costume. <laughs> Others that no one will ever see. Other stores sold a child's 1940s girl costume or a World War II evacuee girl. Same thing, really. Okay, yeah. these are people who are fleeing for their lives. Nothing about that is funny. Mm-hmm. All right, number two. Um, I guess we've evolved on this issue. Blackface in any circumstances ever by somebody who's not an African-American is a big N.O., right? Yeah. yeah I love that we've evolved into that one. Well, we have <laughs> because, because there was a time where people said, look, uh, you know, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel as Carl Malone. He was trying to look like basketball player Carl Malone, so he did everything he could with the hair, with the, with the uniform, and with the skin to try to look like Carl Malone. Okay. It doesn't fly anymore. No. I think we're all past that. Yes. So no more blackface. Tra- <laughs> Why are you laughing? You just, just sounded bummed. Just so bummed. You said, oh, no more blackface. <laughs> no, I agree with that one. Okay. I, th- I think that's right. I think it's okay. uh, it's uh, we're past it. Transphobic costumes. Last year, Walmart pulled. You're not going to believe in 2017 that Walmart had a costume called the Tranny Granny. Oh, oh my. Facing backlash, I mean, it is an Arkansas-based company. Facing backlash from consumers who pointed out that it mocks and satirizes transgender women in addition to using a transphobic slur. But many retailers still carry the costume, crediting it as a Mrs. Doubtfire-inspired look, which kind of sounds like a stretch. By the way, in this same category is people who went dressed as Caitlyn Jenner a couple of years ago. Avoid that. Don't do that. Now, here's my question for you on this one. If you're a guy and you want to dress your Halloween costume, you want to be a woman. 
Okay, you, uh, whoever it is, you want to be Jessica Rabbit, you want to be Diana Ross, you want to be Taylor Swift, whoever you want to be. Is that does that look like you're trying to be a trans transgender person, or can you, as a guy, dress up as a woman for Halloween anymore? I guess is my question. I think you can, but I guess I I guess things are evolving so fast. But it feels like it it's part of the fun of it, mm-hmm. while being in blackface has a history much deeper and much you know further in as far as like the racial connotations absolutely but as far as dressing like a woman i think as long as it's not offensive or or using terms like tranny and such Mm -hmm. i I think that would be part of the fun of halloween and that you're almost like you know accepting it like dressing up like as a grandma you're like no i'm just from mama's family but even if you want even if you wanted to dress up like any like jessica rabbit he said like i i think it's a time to play in that way mm-hmm. like that's I, when i get offended because guys legs tend to be a lot better like in <laughs> nylons and stuff than mine and i'm like that's just bs it's a bummer so yeah. let's let's just say as an example then let's say we had a k-rock halloween party which by the way i believe we will and kevin and i wanted to go as the stars of glow for instance we wanted to dress up in the women's wrestling outfit yeah. and go as the glow girls no problem I don't think so. I think it's part of the the spirit of Halloween in that case in comparison. I mean, it sounds like it would be gross, mm-hmm. but I think it, it, the idea of uh, like comparing it to blackface or other racial stereotypes have much deeper meanings than men dressing up as the women from Glow. Okay. Uh, number I four. I could be wrong. I mean, number four. Sounds like a dude talking about, you know, using women as a prop. Uh, Allie, let me explain so, this yeah. to you. <laughs> number four. With the refugee crisis frequently in the news, there may be folks who think it's a topical story to take inspiration from. But it's important to remember that it deeply impacts the lives of millions of people. So don't dress as a refugee. By the way, that would be a terrible costume. Yeah, how do you even dress as a refugee? I mean, I guess you look like somebody who's just sunburned because he's been out on a boat crossing the ocean or something for six years. I don't know. I think like tattered clothing. Uh-huh. Like a little bit of a orphan look, maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Uh, number five. By the way, we'll take some calls on this. If you've got, a, if you've got, what are we looking for? Pe- people who have been offended by costumes that they've seen, or people who've taken a chance. People you know, who've taken a chance. They've gotten some blowback. People who've rolled the dice. <laughs> right. One eight hundred five two zero one zero six seven. By the way, we're not even halfway through this list, so we may oh. have to take a break and come back with more. Number five. Body shaming and objectifying costumes. When it comes to disrespecting women, this costume, and the one they show, by the way, is a guy who is basically mounted on a doll that looks like a big, big girl. Yeah. This costume is a double whammy of awful. It not only reduces women to sex objects, but it makes women's weight into a joke. In the age of body positivity, haven't we grown past this? The answer is yes. Mm -hmm. So don't dress up as a fat person, I guess. I mean, if I wanted to be Jiminy Glick, that would be okay, right? But don't do it about a woman. Yeah, probably a character would be fine Mm -hmm. because you're... Although, I mean, like a fat bastard or whatever would probably be a bad one from Austin Powers. But, like, I would think as long as it's a character and not you're not, like, shaming regular humans, like right. regular people on the streets. Yeah, and don't dress up as uh, Christine Blasey Ford either, by oh. the way. Because I guarantee, I guarantee mm-hmm. there's going to be some people who are going to look at how topical that is. They're going to say, oh, yeah, 
That's totally it, right? All right, we should take a break, right? Because there's a whole bunch more on this list, and I feel like there's some that uh, our listeners are going to do. I mean, I'm you know I'm looking at terrorists, and we haven't even gotten into that at all. So one eight hundred five two zero one zero six seven. If you want to add your offensive Halloween costume to the list, and we'll tell you more what's on this one when we return. We're just getting you set up. You got to make a decision here soon. We're trying to help. Coming right back on K Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K Rock. But let's squeeze in a call and make it our friend Jody in Huntington Beach. Jody, always good to hear from you. What do you have? Hi, Bean. Hey. I, I, I was a hurricane right after Katrina. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, that's, wow. It's not good, but it does sound like she's confessing. Yeah, it sounded very confessing. serious. Yeah. Sounds I'll like confess there's... also to not being creative. It was someone else's idea. But well, that's good. You're the one who committed. So you look at it, you go, you know what? City's underwater, 1,500 dead. Hilarious. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> sounds, sounds like it still hurts. She's paying the price. All right, thank you, Jody. Taking your calls at one 800 about offensive Halloween costumes. we got the list to get back to in a minute about what the experts say you shouldn't be wearing. But let's talk to Charles. He's in Anaheim holding on line three. Hey, Charles, what's going on, man? It's going good, man. How you doing, Bean? Great. We're talking about offensive Halloween costumes. You wore one or you saw one? I saw one. It was about, I don't know, eight or nine years ago when they had the whole breakdown of the catholic church and stuff and i saw someone uh running around with a uh dressed as a catholic priest but with like a kid strapped to the front of the body (laughs) nothing funnier than child molestation man i'll tell you that (laughs) well at least it stopped so right at least at least it's not going on today in a church somewhere so when you saw that you laughed as you told us that when you saw that were you offended or do you think it was funny I was offended, but at the same time, you know, like that weird laugh, you laugh like, oh, my God, that's really bad. Right. Gotcha. All right. Thank you, Charles. Appreciate the call. Cultural stereotypes, you guys. When someone dresses up like a member of a culture that is not their own, even if it's a beloved Disney character like Moana, you can skip the thick mustache and poncho combination to be a Mexican. You can skip the Native American headdresses, the kimono. If it would make an offensive mascot, it's an offensive costume. Agreed? Uh, unless you still have it as your uh, mascot and team name. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> sure, because there's two of them that should pretty much be stopped. If I show up as as a Cleveland Indian or a Washington Redskin, yeah. am, I, uh, am I violating some sort of code? If you walked in as the actual mascot, the Wahoo or... Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are all offensive, and they're actually still on hats and shirts and jerseys. They sure are. Yeah. They sure are. All right, a terrorist... Whether it's a member of ISIS or someone who's committing a horrifying mass shooting. By the way, I do remember the year after Columbine when people went dressed as that kid. That's awful. It is awful. We can all agree it's 100% a bad idea to dress up as a terrorist. Let's cross dictators like Hitler off the list, too. Speaking of terrorists, let's say hi to our man Kevin, Temple City. What's going on, Kevin? What it do? What it do? We automatically distrust anyone named Kevin. You guys are usually pretty (laughs) shaky, and you usually make pretty bad decisions. It sounds like you're one of those. That's Kevin's fault, not mine. Okay, what'd you, what'd you go as? <laughs> I did a terrorist. I put a uh, road flares on my chest, and I had a big robe and a little turban and a beard. And I went around uh, Hollywood at the big carnival they had and tried to get all the taxis to take me to the airport. Not okay. No. Nope. Not nope. okay. No. 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 That's a big, it's a big N-O. So you, you've moved on from then. You won't be back this year. Oh no! This year I got to do something else that's really offensive. <laughs> do you have any? Do you have any plans? No, but uh, that's what I'm known as. I usually go something really offensive every year. 
Oh, chill, very chill. Yeah. Okay. You sound, you sound cool. You sound yeah. cool. All right, Kevin, thanks. What did we say about Kevin's? We were right. What did we say? Saying. Number eight. Don't dress up as zombie versions of recently deceased celebrities. You know, ever since The Walking Dead, it's become very popular to be a zombie. So it'd be pretty easy just to pick somebody and go for it. You hear us, DJ Omar Khan? Don't do it. Um, eating disorders. A couple oh. of years ago, an online store took heat for releasing a costume called Anorexia. The costume included a skeleton dress with a measuring tape belt to cinch the waist. Other costumes that trivialize eating disorders, no. No, that's a disorder. You would never be yeah. Dan Syndrome. So You know what I mean? You would never do that. But it's all bad. Don't... But you're okay with a skeleton costume, just a plain old skeleton costume. Yeah, because that's inside yeah. my body. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, animal cruelty. This was as a result of uh, Cecil the Lion, by the way, which I think was last year right. or the year before. There are a lot of people who went as that doctor. Oh, the dentist. Dentist, yeah. yeah. Covered in blood with, like, holding a lion's head. Hmm. Very unpleasant. No, but if you went as the lion who killed, who will eventually kill the dentist, <laughs> thumbs up. That's very cool. Turn it around. Yeah. OJ and Nicole is expected to be a popular costume this year as a result of uh, OJ's I'm, recent parole. I'm mostly offended by not being timely. Yeah. And the People versus OJ Simpson. There will be more than a few people who will use it as an inspiration for their Halloween costumes. Again, I think we say, we come down no on that, right? The it's, OJ it, mask is was an awful Halloween. Yeah, it's terrifying. Right. And it was around forever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a mentally ill person wearing a straight jacket, as well as any other equipment typ- typically associated with the institu- institutionalization of someone with mental illness, tri- trivializes how devastating these conditions can be. Now, that's interesting to me only because there are so many of those like classic universal horror movies where you see a guy like in a straight jacket or something like that. You know, even uh, Jared Leto's weird Hot Topic Joker wasn't mm-hmm. he wearing? He uh, was. So. It's just not functional. I mean, if we if we think about that, you can't hold your cocktail. Yeah. It's just it's a bad thing. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we covered uh, this earlier with uh, uh, don't dress up as a homeless person. Sexual harassment is out again this year. Don't go as a flasher. Somebody exposing themselves to unwitting viewers. It's a very real and traumatic form of sexual harassment. Not funny. You don't see those as much anymore as you used to anyway, right? That used to just be kind of an easy gag nope. is to wear a not, raincoat. With- not since you uh, moved out of L.A. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally on the list, if you're looking for things to avoid for Halloween this year, national tragedies these days there are so many of them every week i don't know what uh, i don't know what constitutes a national tragedy anymore but the people who dressed up as the twin towers after 9-11 they definitely get the uh get the one of the all-time no's right yeah they, mm-hmm. i mean they i assume going to a party was very hard for them that year i would think so all right so that's uh, that's a good list of what not to be maybe as we get closer to halloween we'll talk about some awesome halloween costumes as well we'll try to help you out when we can beer mug went back to his favorite bar his latest episode of cheers is coming up next on k-rock kevin and bean on k-rock k-r-o-q ali i hate to ask you this on the air uh-huh. but i need your help with something sure. so i know what my odds are if i buy one lottery ticket right but if I buy a second one, mm-hmm. haven't I increased my odds by 100%? Yeah, you have doubled your odds. That's how math works. And you then, get 10, you might as well you're call done. yourself a winner. Yeah, you're done. You you're won. guaranteed to win if, right. you, if you buy 10, yes. right? Mm-hmm. We, uh, we've talked about the lottery a, a lot on this program, and not always intelligently. Uh, I will <laughs> <Ever>. say, <laughs> I, I think that may be where we found your math weakness, by the way. I think that's where we found out that math was your kryptonite when we got into that lottery discussion that yeah, time. Yeah, probably. Uh, but here's the thing about lottery. There's two things about uh, lotteries. Number one is you're never 
Listen to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're never going to win. What? Okay? You're so never serious. going to win. Just as good of a chance as you. Yeah. That's thing one. You're never going to win. Awesome. Number two is somebody always wins. Okay? So <laughs> so that's the dichotomy. That's what keeps us going back week after week. But who hasn't bought a lottery ticket and thinking, oh, man, am, am, is my life going to change? Oh, man, is, is, it, is it time for a new me? And beer mug, I guess that was the question you asked this week? Yeah, that's the part of it. It's funny because when I buy a lottery ticket, on the way home, I think, hmm, I have a chance to win. What will be the first thing I do once all this money is given to me? Mm -hmm. And that was the main question that I asked this week with Cheers with Beer Mug. I wanted to find out what people would do, the first thing they would do if they won the lottery. Well, everyone has dreamed it. Let's see what they had to say. Hit it, Steve. Beer Mug, he wants to go where everybody knows his name. Yeah. Asking questions with no shame. What do you, what do you? <laughs> He's already drunk as a skunk, but people are glad he came. Oh. Beer Mug wants to go where everyone knows his name. How, 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 wow. What did you, uh, what did you come up with, Mugs, as what you would do if you won the big money? I would die. I would, the first thing I would do is I'd literally just kill myself because of all the drugs and food and everything I would be putting into my body, all the dangerous activities I'd be partaking in that costs a lot of money. I'd, I'd be dead. I would. So he's he's taking a chance to win the lottery so he could kill himself. Right. <laughs> that, is, that is the worst answer I've ever heard. To Honestly, what would you do? I, if, you, if you said, I, I'm going to buy a house and then kill all the kids in it, I'd be like, that makes more sense than saying I'll kill myself. Well, you wouldn't be. I mean, I guess you would enjoy it, but just for a very brief amount of time, you'd enjoy that. Right? Exactly. I would, ha- I would be having fun going out, but okay. I'd be going out. All right, let's hear what, uh, what's the bar again? Where do you go? This is O'Grady's in Granada Hills, and I think you guys are going to be surprised with what you hear. Uh, First thing I would do if I won a lottery is break my cell phone, throw it in the ocean, and change my name to Pierre-Francois Delabriowski. So nobody can get a hold of you. Who? All right, now that's a great yeah. idea, by yeah. the way, yeah. and and I have I have a lot of vanishing thoughts. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. If you have the kind of money to set up a life where you leave everything behind and start over, I don't hate that. I agree. About- Does Jensen even know what your plan is? Oh no, we'll get to that. Okay. All right, back to the bar. Uh, if I won the lottery, I'd ask my wife she uh, take all my money, and then I'd show her that one dollar ticket. Chata, what would be the first thing you do if you won the lottery? Uh. Um, yeah, I'd probably go. That's a great idea, Chocolate. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. I know you're listening. I'll get you that dream pool you want. Veronica, what would be the first thing you'd do if you won the lottery? Um, I would build a karaoke studio in my house and sing, Love, love, love you, baby. And then I would run naked down the street in Granada Hills and then I would do beer mug. Oh, all right. Stop right there. Stop right there. She has to win the lottery, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we have to make this work. Even if we Photoshop a ticket with the winning numbers. I don't know how to rig that, but that must happen. By the way, uh, doesn't our friend Jimmy Kimmel have a karaoke machine in his house? I mean, there are some people who are just like super into it as a party game, right? But that's funny that that's the first, that's the major purchase she would make would be a karaoke machine. Uh, Muggs, any chemistry between you and her? Listen, you heard you heard the lady. She wanted yeah. to do me. Yeah. Yep. Well, if she wins a lot of. Oh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, here's more. Buy a bar. Would it be this bar? 
No. <laughs> I wouldn't change this bar. I wouldn't. This bar is fine the way it is. What would you do if you won the lottery? Take this job and shove it. I ain't working there anymore. You would quit your job? Yes, of course. What would be the first thing you'd do if you won the lotto? First thing I did when I won a lotto, I would straight buy a house for my mom. Oh. Then I'd make my own bike company. And then I'd help out the homeless. Okay, stop. Wow. It's good to know the homeless is on the list. It's mm-hmm. nice to be, you know, spreading some of the wealth around a little bit. Would most people, if we're, and the kind of lottery winnings we're talking about are in the millions, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about you win $5 million or say. What do you guys think most people would quit their job? I would think most people, yeah. Kevin always says that he would continue to work because he likes this job, but he would just have a really crappy attitude. <laughs> he could still show up, but just be impossible to work with. How about you, Allie? You keep your job if you win? How much? How many millions? Five. Five? No, I'm gone. Really? You guys know yeah. all those stories about people who go through their money and stuff? Yeah. I thought I'm saying we're one of them, but like getting a bunch of millions of dollars out of nowhere could make me real weird. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I could find another job, though. I'll be fine. All right. <laughs> Confidence. If you're, if you're listening, boss, it's like, not one as good as this, though. Right. <laughs> Whoopsies. All right, here's some more. Are you sure you wouldn't party it all the way? After those main things, probably. Not going to lie. It's like, yo, blunts, women. John, what's the first thing you do if you won the lottery? Too many drugs. I mean, that's the mugs plan yeah. right yeah. there, right? It's just spend it all on things that will kill you. That guy has the right idea. How about you, Jensen? What's, uh, what's your plan with five mil? Well, that guy stole my bit about buying my mom a house, which would be <laughs> yeah. great. But that is true. That's probably the first thing I would do. Mm-hmm. But also, I would be, I, but see, that's the thing. I know I'd be done with it. Like, I'm the guy who went to go see pinball machines on his bachelor party. Right, right, right. I would, like, build an arcade in the garage. (laughs) Like a moron. But I admit I'm a moron. (laughs) I uh, have said it many times over the year, but just so you know, Jetson, so you're not surprised, Mm -hmm. if it happens, and by the way, it won't because I never buy lottery tickets, but if it happened, you just, and I consider you a friend at this point, Mm -hmm. would never hear from me (laughs) again. Mm -mm. Just completely off radar. I would be... In the wind, man. Yeah. And Muggs, you're one of my very best friends here. Really? It's been it's been it's been, <laughs> it's been fun being friends with you, but no more. Allie, okay. you you know I love you. Mm-hmm. I'll miss you. I'll miss you, Bean. Okay. So I just. <laughs> okay. By the way, and no email, uh, no phone mm-hmm. call. Hey, you guys won't believe it. No, go no, on a minute. Just show the next. Down. Yeah. No. Just like I'm, literally, we go to dial him up in the morning, and nothing happens. Yeah. He's I, just gone. I'm yeah. just gone. Yeah. I don't come on and go. Hey, guys, I got some great news. I won the lottery. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate the 30 years. See ya. You'll just never ever talk to me again. Until we find you eating at the IHOP across the street from us. <laughs> well, right. that, that is a flaw in my plan. This has been <laughs> Cheers with Beer Bug. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. The world famous K-Rock. You guys, look who's here. Tom Morello. Yes. He's in the studio with us. Yes. Hello. Back, How are you, Tom? Back again. I'm well, thank you. Nice to see you. <laughs> it's been a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a, a minute. Yeah. You've been doing the Profits for Rage for a long time. That's correct. I've I been watching it. you go all the way around the world. Yep, yep. Like a crazy man. Yep. Um, you have a new album coming out. That's correct. And it's called The Atlas 
Underground. Yes, it's a solo record, a collaborative effort with uh, many diverse collaborators called the Alice Underground. It comes out on October the 12th. You've done a lot of different projects. You've played with Springsteen. Yep. You've done so many different yep. things. Why did you think this is what you want to do now? Because yeah. I think every song has somebody different on it. That's correct, yeah. I mean, I've been working on this in secret for a while. It's been like a, a sonic conspiracy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and the idea was to bring together a... Uh, diverse from, from hip hop, punk rock, EDM musicians meshed with my Marshall Stack Fury <laughs> with, with the with the loft with the lofty ambition of creating a new genre of music, something that combines like sort of the analog rock and roll power of my thing with huge EDM drops and the electronic wizardry of the now. How many different tracks did you? Try yeah, or, yeah and yeah, sometimes yeah. maybe it didn't work. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was. It's been a process over the years, but yeah. I like to, to share with you now. I need actually need. Uh, there are so many spectacular collaborators. I actually need a cheat sheet okay. to run them down with you. Uh, but on this record, I'm working with Knife Party, Bass Nectar, Big Boy, Killer Mike, Portugal the Man, Weathan, Vic Mensa, Marcus Mumford, Rise Against, Steve Aoki, K Flay, Pretty Lights, Gary Clark Jr., Lakaley Forty Seven, and the Wu Tang Clan. It's like Mad Libs. What you it really just is. did. It really is. <laughs> Your A and R has total ADD. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and if you line those up, it's really like two great haikus back to back. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's yeah, like if yeah. K Rock made a Santana album. <laughs> that, is, I mean? that is not an inaccurate analogy. Yeah, like, you could use it on the it's, record. It's if you like want. the underground. That's already on the business cards. It's yeah. the underground badass version of that <laughs> Santana album. Yeah. 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 And now yeah. is this just? Are these just people that you run into during no. the course of your? No, no, no. This. No. I mean, on this job, I'm. You know, I'm on this record. I'm the. I'm the, the songwriter and the guitar player, and I'm also the curator. Okay. And the idea, it was I had a really like sort of North Star guide in me was this this new kind of, of music. But then I know Wu-Tang Clan and Marcus Mumford, I've been friends for some time. Right. Gary Clark Jr. and I have known each other. But the knife parties, the mm -hmm. bass nectars of Steve Aoki's, who you might be surprised to find, like I was, are all huge Rage Against the Machine fans. Everyone is a huge Rage well, Against the Machine <laughs> fan. Well, don't be ridiculous. Well, I, well, that's kind of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's not res uh, reflected in the Spotify checks. But... but uh, but it, it was, I sought these people out specific. I was never a fan of EDM music. To me, it always felt like Italian tapsy cab dross. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I. But there was a, a a metal friend of mine turned me on a knife party, and uh -huh. I heard in their music like the identical tension and release and the huge drops of my favorite rock and roll music. So I dug a little deeper, and I found Skrillex and Bass Nectar and Pretty Lights and some others. And then, you know, when I contacted these people, they said, yeah, your stuff from your bands, Audio Slave and Rage Against the Machine, uh, informed their work. So it was kind of bringing it all That's back. That's very cool. Well, yeah. There are several of, so several of the songs where, if it's with EDM artists or whoever, I, I had a little bit of a hard time telling them if it was your guitar. That's, that's correct. I mean, well, yeah. for, for you, years in my guitar, you know, as in Rage, and I was kind of like the DJ in the band, and I've always, uh, in my guitar playing, in an analog way, taken sounds from hip-hop and from EDM music, and brought them through a Marshall stack. Right. In this record, there are some times where you can't tell when it's me and when it's the right. button pushers. And how did you find yourself with some of these rappers from Vic Mensa to Flay, names that are sort of on the emerging scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you the Flay story. We did a song together called Lucky One, and I was driving my kids to school, and I heard her song Blood in the Cut yeah, on the radio. Great. And I pulled my car over, <laughs> and I text my man, and I said, find me K-Flay. I didn't know it was a man, a woman, or a band. I was just like, whatever that just is. Whatever I want... that is, I like it. Yeah, and it turns out that she's actually from the uh, northern suburbs of Chicago, like myself, so we got along famously. Wow, Same with Vic. He's a Chicago Vic, kid, He's too. a Chicago as well, and I saw him at Lollapalooza a couple years ago, and to me, he felt like he is the next generation of rebel rapper. He really is. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we have uh, Tom Morello here. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to play a song, and this song is from Portugal the Man. 
Yeah, the song is uh, a collaboration with Weethan, a teenage wonder producer dude, and Portugal Man's is called Every Step That I Take. We're going to play that, and we'll be right back with Tom Morello on K-Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Every Step That I Take with Portugal Man and uh, Weethan. And Tom Morello. Want to take another run at that? Uh, that's as said, good as I'm going to get. You may have said portable. <laughs> I think that's as good as I'm going to get. Tell me about making that song. Tell sure, me sure, sure. The song was actually written by myself and Matt Schultz uh, from Cage the Elephant and just a couple of acoustic guitars over at my studio. And then Matt's busy touring and recording schedule uh, meant that he wasn't going to be able to sing the jam, and I'm a huge fan of Johnny from Portugal the Man. He's got a great voice, mm -hmm. and it actually turns out that he learned to play guitar to the first Rage record. Is so, that right? Yeah, so when I called him up, he was like, I know, know your enemy, man. I'm like, <laughs> let's jam, bro. Let's jam. <laughs> uh, so it was uh, it was a real honor to have him on the track. He's a really great singer. It and, seems a lot like you're surprised that people liked Rage. No, yeah. no, no, no. I mean, it does. <laughs> I don't know. It's in it's in the it's in the DNA of everywhere, <laughs> I guess. But uh, but I mean that's that's one of the you know in curating this record, it was finding people not just Rage Against the Machine fans, sure. But you know it's got a record of diverse genres mm -hmm. of diverse ethnicities, ages, and genders, which is in itself a statement in these very divisive yeah, yeah. times. You know. Speaking of you being sort of this Renaissance man when it comes to your music, I heard something and I had to do a deep dive, and it involves a friend of yours from high school. And it involves renaissance fairs, and it involves a friend of mine seeing you recently at a renaissance fair. What is happening, Tom Morello? First of all, there's, you don't need to do a deep dive <laughs> to find that. Renaissance against I, the machine? I, at my, my first job I had for five, five summers was at the Bristol Renaissance Fair in right. Bristol, Wisconsin. That was your job? That was my job. Okay. I worked my way through Harvard mm -hmm. working at the Ren Fair. And it was a way for the we nerds who loved Lord of the Rings so much, we didn't want it to end right. when Mount Doom exploded. Sorry and, for the rest of you. And, you, well, and you are, you're still going. You're bringing your family into Ren Fairs now. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, your kids got to get their tights and cod pieces on at an early age. I said that for years. So you just walk and that's, around. The crazy thing, that's the name of the next record. That's yeah. the name of the, yeah. Get your kids in their cod piece. Yeah. Can you be heard yelling huzzah? That was my question, yes. Oh. Oh yeah, I mean, yes. I, was, I huzzahed for five summers. I, I will, I will, I will say this on the record, Harry, that working at the Renaissance Fair was the best job I had in my entire life. What? That's yeah. awesome. Yep. Because meat, because, so much meat. It wasn't so much. It was just like it was a. <laughs> I don't know. Like you, you're in the woods, and there's campfires and horseback. And mm -hmm. my job was like to basically be, you know, as a wandering minstrel, which is my job most of the time, was to you know nap under a tree and be charming to right? girls from Kenosha. With, and usually a lot of heaving bosom. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Re, I don't recall. Uh, but that is funny that the Renaissance Fair was his favorite job ever, and he toured with Wu Tang Clan in like his early twenties. Yeah, that may make some of you cool kids like rethink the Ren Fair. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, He's going to yeah. sell out the rent fair from now That's on. Insane. Everyone wants to go. Yeah. You go and you take your kids now. Yeah, absolutely. They love it. All right, tell us about the Atlas Undergrounds and one of the weirdest stories of coming together with because they're so like you yeah, said, yeah, 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 they're yeah, so yeah, different. Yeah, people. yeah. Here, let me let me let me pull up my cheat sheet okay. because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of weird that went uh, that went on. <laughs> well, I mean, Lakele, did you see her face? No, no, you can no, no. Nobody's ever seen this. Is, <laughs> Lakele, Lakele, yeah, yeah, yeah. forty-seven is a rapper we talked about here on, on yeah, the show yeah, yeah. who wears a she's uh, spectacular. Wears first a, of a burglar great, yeah. mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she wears like sort a, of a stylish, like burglar. a ski mask. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like, and, yeah, and I, I heard that that she. I was uh, 
had a meeting at some movie company, and we were talking about this record and talking about her. And apparently they wanted her to work on a soundtrack for some film, but she wouldn't take off her mask at security to present her ID. I love that. So she, oh, so she awesome. just forewent the gig I rather than... That. rather than. I love her. Yeah, yeah. It would be funny if she took out her security badge. And had had the same mask. <laughs> had the mask. She yeah, drew it yeah. on. Yeah. But I'll give... I'll, so, so one... I'll, one tale, like okay. Mar Marcus Mumford and I um, wrote uh, a lovely song called Find Another Way uh, with Josh from Fantagram. And so Marcus, you know, he's a rock dad as well. So he would put his, he was in England. This is one a song written via Skype. So I'm here in LA. He's in. That's he's such a weird, yeah, weird yeah, thing. Yeah, it is a weird, it's a, it's a weird thing. So he puts his kids to bed in London. I drop my kids off at school and then we return to, you know, with our dad robes on, you know, strumming <laughs> A minor chords. I don't want to you in a dad got, robe, but that's yeah. okay. <laughs> I'm sorry that much of this interview is like burst your bubble. Like this is like this has been my life the whole time. You just haven't been paying we just attention. Haven't known. This okay. is the moment. This is the moment Mike Tyson started talking. <laughs> he like kills a man and then he's like, "Listen, I don't know what the story." You're like, what? What is going on? So, do you find it difficult to write like that over Skype? Is it? Does it? Yeah, make I mean, it well, the one thing the, I, I gotta say, this is my this is my seventeenth studio album that I've made, Jeez. and I've made the, the other sixteen in very similar ways. You know, like band in a room. The producer comes in the room you're you know, and I wanted to get out of that safety zone like I wanted mm -hmm. to push myself as a guitar player I wanted to push myself as an artist and as a songwriter by you know on the one hand sort of letting go of some of my type A personality stuff and like really collaborating with people and the song's not done till we all love it and if it takes skyping you know in bathrobes or if it takes like the Wu-Tang Clan coming over you know, <laughs> I'm gonna do whatever it takes that's, that's crazy just to think of them coming yeah. over yeah, yeah um so which one was the most difficult I mean did you have some that were really I don't know so I feel like you would have some songs there where you go wow this is great and then you go mm, yeah no, I mean there's it's, it's an ongoing process I'm yeah. continuing to write songs for like the, the next batch of songs but I will tell you there was an interesting one with uh the uh Steve Aoki and and Tim McElrath from Rise Rise, Rise Against. Against yeah yeah um so Steve I didn't I, I didn't know him before but I found out sort of via the roundabout way that he was not just a big Rage fan but he was a big fan of uh Zach's pre-Rage Against Machine hardcore straight edge hardcore band called Inside Out so right. he like went back and his mm -hmm. original DJing gigs were at punk Rock, yeah, you know, yeah. House, he had an independent part. punk label. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I didn't know that. So anyway, so I, I sent him, um, one of the ways that some of the songs came together is like, I sent him a riff tape. So like, here's 10 hot Morello riffs and screaming solos and to use, basically replace what his synthesizers with this guitar material, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. so a couple days later, he hits me back and he says, uh, dude, I want to uh, FaceTime you. I, wanna, I got a cut of this thing like uh i'm running around can you just mp3 it's me he's like no no i want to see your face when you're here <laughs> so, so i get home so i get home and facetime and he's moshing in his studio he's a one-man mosh pit in his yep. studio in vegas i'm a one-man mosh pit in my uh living room uh <laughs> and then afterwards he's like so who do you like who should we approach to sing on it uh and he's like, I really love like Rise Against. I love Foo Fighters. And, okay, how about this? I'm gonna text Tim McElrath from Rise. I'm gonna text Dave Grohl, and whoever hits me back first gets the no. gig. Wow, <laughs> amazing! That's a weird way to. Tim's <laughs> like, suck it, Grohl. And it's a jam, and you've never seen. And it's like you've never heard Steve like that. You've never heard Tim like that. You've never heard me. It's a that one's one of my that's, favorite songs uh, on the record. That's how I sold a couch on Craigslist once. <laughs> I was like, whoever texts me whoever first me gets the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a little yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. So the album is the Atlas Underground. It comes out next Friday, a week from today, October twelfth. That's right. 
And uh, are you going to continue this? Have you already? Yeah, absolutely. And are I, you I'm, already reaching out to other people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I've got some about you know half a records worth in the can already, and I, I just love this process and to continue it. Also, I'm on a little like. Uh, you know, promo tour thing where uh, you, listing party where people get to hear the record before it comes out. I spin yarns of Ren Fairs, etc. Whatever, and then I and then I shred my ass off. Like it's like give the people what they want. It's sit there like with you know just ripping. Um, and then in 2019, I'm going to do an Atlas Underground tour. Which I was going to ask. If I'll be back. Be- for, I'll be back for that one because it's going to be a pretty interesting thing. Uh, uh, Sean Evans, who's the artistic director for Roger Waters, The Wall, and Us and Them. Oh, cool. uh, to, wow. We're putting together something wow. that's going to be pretty it exciting, seems like non-conventional. Be almost impossible to get everybody scheduled yeah, to work. Yeah, that's well, that's the idea. It's it's to to make such a wonderment of an evening that you will not miss anybody. That's very cool. Wow, that's crazy. All right, uh, the Atlas Underground comes out next Friday, October twelfth. Tom, you know we always love you giving us time here at K Rock. We appreciate it. It's been for years. I've been enjoying it. And thanks for coming in. We appreciate. Thanks. It. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K Rock. Allie, you've got some news for us. You know when people say do it for the gram Mm -hmm. and you just try and take that amazing selfie, something that's going to be different from anything you see on anyone else's timeline. Well, sometimes you do that and you wind up dead. (gasps) What? If I were to ask you guys, just in a six-year period of time, from October 2011 to November 2017, how many people worldwide would you say die taking a selfie? I mean, are they dying of thirst? Uh, <laughs> thirst trap. Uh, I'd say 39. 39 people in a six-year period. I, I'm try- I think it's more than that, but I'm trying to think of all the different ways people can die. Because mm-hmm. I, 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 I know I have seen stories, because you know, we do Beans Death Corner. I know I have seen stories about people like trying to take a selfie with a moose or something and it kills them. Or right. falling off a mountain or something sure. like that. I'm going to say 150. Yeah, okay, 39 <laughs> Yes. or 150. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the tape. Well, think twice before taking that next selfie. It could actually be deadly. A new report says 259 people died. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> 259 people worldwide have died taking selfies. You know what? We're better off. Darwinism, right? Do you think so? Yeah, that's, that's a lot of people. Just for a picture. These are people who, I don't understand, Allie, they were healthy one minute ago, <laughs> and now they're dead. These are people who essentially volunteered themselves to die yes. for, for no reason. Like, yes. they could have just not taken a picture, and they still would have been alive. That is true. Oh, my God. I mean, they don't even get to see the likes. Like, they probably didn't even get <laughs> oh to post God, it. Oh, my God, but they get so many likes. They would if they were I, able to post it in that amount of time. Also, if the photo was taken, put it on the tombstone. Oh, Make yeah. it worth it. Right? Yeah. Worth it. That's a good point. I mean, you do die doing what you love. That That's is right. true. All right, let me ask you guys some questions. Have you guys ever taken a dangerous selfie? I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just had to think about this. Have you ever, like, thought, hey, it'd be cool to get a picture of this train going by or whatever with me in it and put yourself at risk? I think I've probably taken a photo of myself while driving. Yeah. I mean, not while, like, you speeding monster. or anything, but, like, right. at a stoplight. Right. It's not yeah. true. That's yeah. your danger? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I can't think of what I mean. I can't. I haven't done anything that stupid. Okay, yeah. I don't think I, mean, I have. I mean, I'm just trying to think because, you know, when I travel and stuff, you know, you want to 
back up to the edge of the cliff, the cliff to get the best view or something. <laughs> They're going right? to play this when you die. Absolutely. But I, I do think I'm more careful of that. I would say that I wouldn't take an extraordinary risk. All right, what's the question? All right, let's talk about uh, some of the leading causes of selfie deaths. What would you say? I would say absolutely what I just described. People who f- f- fall off a hill, fall off a mountain, mm-hmm. trying to get that beautiful, you know, shot of the LA lights behind them or something right. like that, and they and they just they slip and fall. That is tied for third place. Oh. Falls from high places, oh. tied for third place. Yeah, that's crazy. We have right? a lot left. Uh, driving is obviously one. Driving is considered the second leading cause. It's listed as transport, so it could be driving. It could yeah. be a quick snap in front of a moving train. Basically oh, that, anything. Cool. That's uh, you know. It could be the in my feelings challenge. It could oh, yeah. be that you get run over by your own car. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So falling off and driving. Mm-hmm. What else? I mean, people who aren't pay- would it, would it, this wouldn't be considered driving because you'd be hit hit by a car or something like that. Like you're taking a picture, not paying attention to traffic around you, or a, that's a still car. Transport. That's still considered still transport. transport. A car yeah. hits you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Number one, huh? What else do people do that's dumb? That they might get. How about um, how about stunts like YouTube stunts? People who I don't oh, know, like planking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I died while planking. No, not that. But you know, people who do funny dive, you know, funny dives off a of oh. diving board or something like that, and hit the pavement, or just trying to do something crazy, jackassing it. I guess is what I'm saying. Like the ice bucket challenge. Did anyone? <laughs> no, die not doing like that. that. <laughs> so cold. <laughs> but I'm helping people. Um, like that, we did that story about that guy who put on a bulletproof vest and had his girlfriend shoot him in the chest. Remember that? And it ended up killing him. Well, unsurprisingly, the U.S. led in the number of selfie deaths involving a firearm, but most of those are people accidentally shooting themselves while posing with guns. That's so dope. That's but I so think dope. that also falls into that category, but still, still not number one. All right. I am worthless because a- i i'm not thinking of it animals animals is up there <laughs> eight people died while taking selfies with dangerous animals That's so great but- we had one last week of somebody who got out of his car on safari to take a picture of an elephant mm-hmm. and got run down by the elephant yeah he was trying to do a selfie with an elephant yeah all right number one come on help us out here I guys know. i think we're giving up i don't know think of water Oh, drowning. Drowning. So drowning. people go in the ocean to take mm-hmm. a picture of themselves and then die. Or you're standing there, then you're washed away by a wave on a beach, or people falling out of boats. Drowning is the leading cause of selfie deaths. I would never take my phone into the water. Yeah. It's well, just, I don't too, think too you dangerous. do it on purpose. Well, I mean, they're <laughs> close to water, though. But taking a picture, like if you're up on rocks yeah. and you're taking a picture of the beautiful waves crashing behind you, okay. you don't all of a sudden think that the biggest wave is now coming no. No, and yeah. it's going to take you. But drowning is a leading cause of selfie deaths. Like we said, transport is number two. Tied for third with falling from high spaces, that would be fires. So you're trying to get close to a fire. What an idiot. Yeah, not not good. <laughs> really? Yes. What a moron. Yeah. I'm, try- I'm trying to think if I've ever seen a selfie of, of a guy in front of a fire. I've never seen it. That's so random. Yeah. Well, maybe also you're, you know, the whole neighborhood's on fire. You're leaving that type of thing. That is so specific. It is. <laughs> My entire neighborhood's on fire. <laughs> Gotta take a selfie. It's very specific. Number six on this list, I mm-hmm. looked it up, but number six is selling tummy teas. 
That's not true. Yeah, no, that's how they died that's from bad just tummy teeth. Bad Instagram <laughs> models. I'm just saying, you guys, let's uh, let's try and be a little safer out there, and uh, maybe even cut out the selfies. It's too much. We don't like your face that much. There's no need for danger. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey, Rock. Blah, blah, it's Beer Mugula. Uh, Beer Mug, what, what are you doing? It's me, Beer Mugula, here, and I want to suck your blood. All right, all right, that's enough of you, Mugs. Sorry, Bean. It's me, Zombie. <laughs> Come down to our Tuesday, bloody Tuesday blood drive. Tuesday, October 9th, at Hollywood Park Casino. Uh, you sound like Hulk Hogan. That was awful. <laughs> I'm just going to give out the info. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. This is Werewolf Alley. Come on down to Hollywood Park Casino and join Beer Mug. And comedian Brad Williams. And we have tickets to the Queen Mary's Dark Harbor, K-Rock Year, and tickets to K-Rock shows. Details at krock.com. That's how it's done. Suck it. Did you say suck? K-Rock. Driven by your helpful SoCal Honda dealers and the random acts of helpfulness. All right, Allie does what's happening at this time every hour, but on Fridays about now, I am especially excited because I love, I I'm, you talk about being thirsty. I am thirsty mm. for new music, Allie, mm-hmm. and you are here to help. Absolutely. Every Friday about this time, we highlight our That's My Jam playlist. We will link you at Kevin and Bean on Twitter as well as Facebook. Every member of the Kevin and Bean show puts in a new song each week. It's stuff that we could just be super into at the moment, maybe something we forgot about in the past just something that shows just kind of how eclectic all of our tastes here are on the Kevin and Bean show. Because sometimes you hear music here on, on K-Rock and you're like, but what do they really like? What are they really into? Oh, no, we I'm li- actually super into that Weezer song. Africa. Yeah. That would be your, that's my jam every single week if you yeah, could. I'm the one who requested on K-Rock. Understandable. But every week we put in new uh, new songs. So if you follow along to the That's My Jam playlist, you're going to have new music every single week in your ear holes. Kevin is not here, but he did put in his song. It is Anderson Pock featuring Kendrick Lamar, and it's a song called Tints. I need tents so I can look at the snakes and poses. I need tents, cause bottom head is non-disclosure. I need tents so I can live with a peace of mind without him taking a peace of mind and peace be still and not do fine. So I'll fix it, ticket. You pull me over and might see one of your bitches. We are all Anderson Pac fans on this show. Which yeah. is so funny because I think he was my first um, That's My Jam playlist submission. Hmm. Look at that. I think it was. And again, for people who are concerned, kids in the car, it is tints. Like, yeah. you know, tinted windows. Yes. Right. I mean, I got in trouble for saying the other one. Uh, but calm your T's, people. Calm your T's. <laughs> the song is called Tints. All right, Bean, you're up next. A uh, controversial pick for me this week oh. because it is 50 years old. Look, look, (laughs) look. People can argue about what the best Beatles album is. For my money, it's the album called The Beatles, better known as The White Album. Mm -hmm. And the 50th anniversary of The White Album's release is coming up upon us, and they are doing a new version with lots of outtakes from the sessions. And I love nothing more than being a fly on the wall when you see music being put together, especially music as iconic as this. So the pick that I have selected is one of the great songs from The Beatles' White Album. It's back in the USA are, which I think a lot of people know, but this is just them working it out in the studio. This is just, you know, the band playing acoustic, trying to get the song down, and you talk about hearing something, you've heard this song your whole life, you've never heard it like this before. 
been away so long I hardly knew the place Gee, it's good to be back home Even till tomorrow to unpack my case Honey, disconnect the phone I'm back in the USSR You know how lucky you are, boy Back in the US, back in the US, back in the USSR now, am I all alone, or do you guys share fascination of hearing songs being put together before the iconic version that we end up knowing? Especially the Beatles. I do like that. I don't yeah. hate it, Bean. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. The whole the, There's some stuff that's never even been bootlegged before on this record that's coming out in a couple weeks, so I wanted people to be aware of it. I mean, they are the greatest band of all time. Arguably. Arguably, sure. Sure. I mean, there's always Carly Rae Jepsen. There's always, oh. there's always Harvey Danger. <laughs> <laughs> you and Flagpole Sitta. It's a jam. I mean, it's a real pop. I mean, all right, Jensen, you're up next. Uh, mine is from a rapper named Logic, who I'm not like a super fan of, but he did put together a song on his new album that came out last week called Wu Tang Forever. Mm. And here's the thing about the Wu Tang Clan. We all love them, but we kind of love the old stuff. Right. Last few albums have been a little lackluster. They admit it themselves. But Logic somehow put together a song where he raps first, but then all of Wu-Tang Clan goes after him. Oh. And it's kind of a better Wu-Tang song than the ones they've been putting out. Wow. Uh, it's called Wu-Tang Forever. It's by Logic. Old school on this track, I feel invincible. Snoop school ain't really got rules and lack the principles. The more clowns in the Motown get put in critical. The gun smoky. Robinson, you need a miracle. Go back, homie. Back when rappers used to be lyrical. When nine out of ten of his friends used to be criminals. The stats, homie. All these killers using subliminals. Y'all need a smile in your picture. You do miserable. Is is logic on the song? Or? He's the first rapper, <laughs> okay. and then it's and then it's the nine guys after. Wow! Him. But anytime Method Man says you're miserable, yeah, just a cool word to hear from him. Everything's cool from him. Hughes is miserable. Bong bong. Bong bong bong. Indeed. All right, my song is from a band that's described as an indie hip pop band. They're from Auckland, New Zealand, and it's three brothers and then one of their best friends. And I'm going to tell you, I came across the song and I was like, oh, damn, I really like this. Listen to a couple of their other songs. And the one I picked is, I would say, the most poppy, but it is so dang good. And I love it so very much. It is a, a song called Night Shift by a band called Baloo Brigada. These are That's a good batch this week, you guys. It's a good batch. These are four really adorable. I'm gonna sound like a super cougar. Four really adorable little white boy surfer-looking kids. These boys are very cute. And I dig it. By the way, um, I reached out to them because I wanted to know if they ever play here in America. They are moving to the U.S. from New Zealand. They're releasing new music in November, and they hope to be touring the U.S. from April of next year on. So and they're all going to live with Allie when they move. I mean, if they need a place to live, Baloo Brigada, you let me know. Very kind of you. It is really nice of me. So again, at Kevin and Bean and at Kevin and Bean Facebook, Twitter, 
It's called That's My Jam. Follow along. New music in your ear holes every single week. Some birthdays for you. Jesse Eisenberg, Jacob Tremblay, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Dylan Francis, and Kate Winslet. And that's what's happening. The Kevin and Bean Show. The world famous K-Rock. Tuesday, Bloody Tuesday, our blood drive that we do every year in October is happening this coming Tuesday at the Hollywood Park Casino. Brad Williams and Beer Mug are going to be out there. Um, how little blood can they take from Brad, by the way? Like a thimble, right? That's it. At most, yeah. Yeah. Starting at 5.30 a.m. with tons of uh, prizes just for coming on down, including tickets to the next K-Rock No Limit Comedy Night hosted by Brad Williams there at the Hollywood Park Casino, Queen Mary Dark Harbor tickets, L.A. Comic-Con, Danny Elfman, Halloween, The Nightmare Before Christmas, and other K-Rock shows. That's uh, Tuesday morning. Stop by, do some good for the world, give some blood, meet the guys, get some great prizes. It's been a uh, summer of a lot of blockbuster movies, but we have not had a face-off like this weekend, I think all summer long, with two totally different types of movies. If you can only go see one, which one do you go see? Are you a Venom person or a Star is Born person? Our friend Russ Leatherman on the phone. He is the movie man at SixSecondReviews.com. Russ, welcome back, sir. How are you? What's up, lesbians? <laughs> By the you, way, I wrote that on a piece of paper and I held it up to Jensen. And Jensen's like, what is that? What? What? I'm I, like, just wait for it. I honestly was like, what is she doing? <laughs> what is well, happening be- right now? It came out one time and it's just stuck. I don't know what it is. It's bizarre. Be- and it's because uh, because right. Russ doesn't work technically for the company, he hasn't had to go through the same sensitivity training the rest of us have. Right. That's what's going on. Uh, Russ, have you met our good friend Jensen Carp here on the Kevin and Bean Show? I have I have not. Hi, Jensen. Hello, Russ Leatherman. What Russ? Uh, what do you what do you do? Oh, I just hang out. I just hang out here and listen to movie cool. reviews. Yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> so, Russ, am I wrong or is this a showdown this weekend? It is a it's a big weekend, right? Like we had the summer, we've had a, a big lull, but now we're sort of heading into the holiday movie season. Mm-hmm. Big fall movies coming out, and and that's why I sort of came out of hiding because I figured America needs me right now. Amen. Right? Yeah, we got right? we got difficult choices to make with our money. All right, so we're going to start with Venom. Right now, I don't know. Uh, I, I got to be honest. I am not your Marvel movie expert. Apparently, Venom has appeared in previous Marvel movies, but this is his first kind of standalone feature role. Right? Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, in a Spider-Man movie, uh, you have a great cast for this. You have an investigative journalist played by. Tom Hardy. He becomes the host of some alien sludge that gives him these superhuman abilities, uh, an appetite for human heads, and this horrific alter ego, Venom. Let's hear a clip. Carlton Drake believes that the union between human and symbiote is the key to our evolution. You're not real. You were just in my head. If you're going to stay, you will only hurt bad people. The way I see it. That is a spooky-looking thing on his head, too. By the way, I love Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. I adore him. Woody Harrelson makes very good movie choices lately, and Michelle Williams is always outstanding. So what say you, Russ? Uh, Michelle Williams, Riz Ahmed, uh, who uh, who I love. Mm-hmm. Here's here's the thing with Venom. Uh, as far well, as far as let's let's play your six-second review. Let's do that. Let's play with Six-second review starts now. Is there a chance? Just a chance that Venom is so bad it's good. Nope. He's out. Oh, wow. Oh, how oh. dare you? You oh. communist. Well, 
here's the thing. As far as the standard things you look for in a good movie, mm-hmm. like uh, coherent plot, good writing, good direction, Venom has none of those things. But I'll tell you this. It looks super cool. Okay. Uh, so, some of the screwball comedy between Eddie Brock and his alter ego, Venom, mm-hmm. is, is hilarious. Um, some of that is unintentional. Here's, here's the bottom line with Venom. Is it as bad as everyone says it is? And, and, you know, critics are tearing this thing up. I would say the bottom line is, no, it's not as bad. And I'll tell you this, the higher you are, the better it gets. Oh, right. That sounds like a Russian troll to me. Mm, right? I think he's bought and paid for by Lady Gaga. And so mm-hmm. Russ, yeah. uh, you Sonos, know, uh, Ke- Kevin's on vacation, but he 100% will go and will love this movie, right? Oh, it's a hundo P on out loudies or whatever it is. He <laughs> yeah, does he, love louds. He does love louds, Russ, right? quick question. Do we see Spider-Man? You do not see Spider-Man. And this it's an interesting situation, right? Because this isn't even a Disney Marvel movie. This is one of those that went over to Sony. Okay. They're trying to give this guy they're they're trying to build a franchise. I don't know if it's going to work. The movie's going to make a ton of dough, right? It's going to have a $50 million weekend, $60 million weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are, like I said, pieces and parts of a good movie in here somewhere. Okay. Yeah. All By right. the way, made $10 million yesterday. That's a lot of cheese. That's, That's a, a great lot start. of money for a Thursday. All right, let's move on to something completely different. You'll never see these two on a double feature, that's for sure. A Star is Born, a well-worn Hollywood tale that's been done, what, three or four times in the past? A lot of high-profile versions, including Judy Garland's, including Barbara Streisand's. Now it's Lady Gaga's turn, along with Bradley Cooper. What was your level of interest going into this one in the theater, Russ? Well, my level of interest was huge because it's got it's got big hype. Right, you've got a great cast. You've got Bradley Cooper. You've got Lady Gaga, Sam Elliott, Dave Chappelle's in the movie. The, like you said, this is the fourth movie, and the first one from 1937. So this movie was done 81 years ago, if if my math is right. And mm-hmm. and so there's been a lot of hype for it. You know, hard to lose with uh, Lady Gaga. Let's let's listen to a little clip. Can I ask you a personal question? Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just, I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Well, because, like, almost every single person that I've come in contact with in the music industry has told me that my nose is too big and that I won't make it. Your nose is beautiful. Can I touch your nose? Oh, my gosh. Let me just touch it for a second. (laughs) Those two are adorable. They're adorable together, aren't they? They are. And this is a classic story, right? This is a classic story of a a musician who brings up this young unknown, doubts herself. Uh, There's romance, but then comes tragedy, and we won't get too much into the plot because, like I said, it's so old, I don't believe a lot of people know it. Um, here's, Here's the deal with the movie. Remaking a classic is tricky, right? It's a tricky proposition. Um, this movie has everything that Venom didn't. It's got solid writing, strong directing. Bradley Cooper, his directorial debut, uh, he does a fantastic job, great performances. The question is, is this movie as good as everybody is saying it is? I believe it is. I thought it was great. We're going to be talking about it at Oscar time. Uh, wow. The music for sure, but, but even the movie, my wife loved it, right? Like loved it, loved it. Um, and I enjoyed it, and there was there was laughing, there was crying, all of the things you want in a super solid movie. So 
Venom, not as bad as they say it is, although it's, it's you know, turd-ish. Um, but the, but the Star is Born is, is, is great, and, and it's a perfect way to just sort of escape for a few hours um, and, and go see a movie. I loved it. Russ, to be clear, is um, Tom Hardy in A Star is Born? <laughs> Tom Hardy is not in A Star is Born. Yeah, I'm out. Okay, quick, <laughs> okay. Also, quick really? question. Yeah. Are you going to go see Venom? 100%. Are you going to uh, be one. super stoned? Uh, maybe. But <laughs> Remember... You the say it's better. Yeah, I hear the better you. It gets. I'm Look, telling you, Tom, Tom Hardy is all she needs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Quick, absolutely. Quick question, Russ. Uh, in the Star is Born, do you see Spider Man? <laughs> you really don't. That's a great question. Uh, That's a good question. Right. But, but two two super huge movies uh, this weekend, and it's just going to get better as as the weeks come. Uh, we have Beautiful Boy coming up, and that just looks fantastic. Bohemian Rhapsody. Then we get into the holiday movies, so it's a it's a great time to to pick up and start talking about movies again for sure. Fantastic! If you want movie reviews and you don't have a lot of time, the website is six. Spell it out: sixsecondreviews.com on Twitter at the number sixsecondreviews.com. Way to keep it consistent. Russ is the movie man, and he joins us here on K Rock. We love you. Talk to you again soon. Have a great weekend, you guys. Bye. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K Rock. I don't know about uh, you, Allie McKay, mm-hmm. but I got goosebumps right now. Yeah, I just I- like watching Billy Idol, <laughs> listening to himself like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> he has been making great punk rock music for over 40 years, you guys, with Generation X and, of course, as a solo artist, one of the greatest K-Rock legends of all time, Billy Idol, hey. back on the air here on the Kevin hey. Show. Hey, Billy, what's going on, man? Oh, fantastic. Lovely to be here. That that wonderful welcome is gorgeous. I like it. (laughs) great to see you. Now, you're in town, of course, because of Cal Jam. You're playing tonight, kind of kicking off the the big weekend. That's right. How much time do you spend in Southern California? Quite a bit, right? Yeah, well, I live in Southern. I live in Los Angeles. So, yeah, I'm I'm here quite a lot of the the year and everything. But uh, I do go back to England every now and again, uh, once or twice a year to see my mother and uh, my sister and everything are still over there. My friends have got a lot of friends. I know this year you have done so much touring. You just got back from, what, almost two months in Europe. Are you surprised that you're working as much as you are in 20, uh, what year is it? 2018. (laughs) 2018. (laughs) Uh, A little bit, yeah. I mean, it's great that we can do it. I mean, we seem to be in in fine form. Steve Stevens is playing better than ever. So uh, I'm really enjoying it. That's the great thing. That's that's pretty wonderful to find out. Uh, You could never imagine that, that you'd be doing it this long and, and still enjoying it. It's great. Yeah, I would imagine there have to have been times in your career where you thought, well, that's it. I've made a good living. I, I was fun while it lasted, and it just never seems to go away. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, yeah, the audience is, uh, yeah, we got a smorgasbord of ages and everything, so it's it's fun. You know, I really enjoy it, and uh, I've got a killer band, so uh, that's, that 
that every time you're up there, it's like driving some incredible sports car, you know, like who I'm singing on top of, you know. So it's just this the feeling of energy is beautiful. And then the other thing is, it's one hell of a great uh, exercise, you know, being up there for an hour and a half or so. Uh, it's beautiful exercise. So I can enjoy myself and I can exercise at the same time. Thank you. And get paid. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and now with the, with the residency in Vegas, Billy, I mean, that's got to be insane for you doing a whole, a whole 10 nights. Yeah, five in uh, late uh, January and five in October at the, at the uh, Palms. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, yeah. It's, um, of course, we play uh, our greatest hits and stuff, but mm -hmm. in between we play some deeper cuts. So if you're, like, if you're a first-time fan, um, you know, you do get the, the experience, the great, the big hits. And if, you, if you've come before, you get some deep cuts that you've, you know, you've always wanted to hear, but you couldn't imagine us doing. So uh, that's the fun of doing it. I, mean, I enjoy doing it, so... That voice is humbling to me. Why am I yeah. the guy doing the radio show when Billy Idol's got that voice? This is ridiculous, I by the like, way. I sound like Fozzie Bear, and I somehow have a gig here. Yeah. Speaking of the greatest hits, Billy, I want to make sure we put the word out about Vital Idol Revitalized, because this is a fascinating project, and we were just talking about it off the air yesterday. It's amazing how great your songs came out with modern producers reworking them. That's right, and uh, yes, we re remixing, but also reimagining. That's what's kind of really interesting. I mean, uh, this guy from uh, Trop Killers who did Eyes Without a Face, he he kind of replayed behind, you know, my singing basically, and, and changed the whole kind of vibe of the track. And uh, I don't know, it's it's almost like I'm covering myself somehow and done completely different versions of my own songs years later. So I don't know. Uh, I've had a lot of fun doing this record because uh, because of that. Because they're not just uh, you know, you know back in the day with uh, the original Vital Idol it was me and Keith Orsi my producer and Brian Reeves uh, mainly doing the remixes and we were kind of doing what what I was taking a lot from dub reggae and we were just really taking the track and just messing about with it but uh, on this record a lot of the DJs have, have taken the songs and they've they've changed the, the vibe of them or they've changed the chords behind my singing and it almost reinvigorates the song makes it almost a new song so I've been having a lot of fun listening to this and being involved with it has been great and working with people like um, I saw Moby at a party and uh, he said he'd do Do Not Stand in the Shadows which was fantastic and then uh, Bono of uh, U2 told me about St. Francis Hotel who did Incredible Flash of Fantasy and uh, yeah just uh, I really like um the uh, Don't Need a Gun by Sheba San and uh, the To Be a Lover and the Hot in the City are very interesting because they've done a similar thing. They've sort of replayed behind the song and given it a whole different vibe. And uh, so I've been, I've been enjoying this album a lot. So you didn't have to re-record anything. They just took all the original stuff and then did their whole spin. You just had to essentially say, yep. Yeah, we've sort of listened to a lot of stuff. Or uh -huh. yeah, so I got pointers from people like, like Moby or um, uh, Bono, Bono. Um, Telling me about St. Francis Hotel, or oh, my own son. My son is in that kind of world. He's in. Mm. He makes his own EDM and everything. So I got some pointers from him. But also, uh, I, I know Paul Oakenfold. He did one breath away on the album, and it was great to have people like Crystal Methods, some real classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a question based on all of what you just said. When Moby walks into a party, are people excited to see him? <laughs> 
well, I was, yeah, especially because he was talking to me about my own music. About, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> about love calling. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like he could be a doubter at a party. Like, he would just be, you know, just making sure che that everything's <laughs> vegan. I don't know. Yeah. It just feels like a lot of work. Just, you know? he, did, yeah. uh, he did a fantastic version. Two versions, actually, of Do Not Stand in the Shadows. I like the actual, the halftime one is really gothic and weird. And it's really fun. I, I, so, uh, I, I, love, I, I, I had a great meeting with him. So, <laughs> it was an up for me. That is uh, the voice of the great Billy Idol here on the Kevin Beach. You're talking about many things, including his appearance tonight at Cal Jam. Tickets still available right. at Ticketmaster.com. Um, before we take a break, I, I have to ask, and maybe this is a dumb question, so please forgive me. Occasionally, a remix will come out of a song that will become so popular that it will become the version of a song. Is there any way some of these 2018 remixes might be the ones that you end up preferring and performing on stage? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind trying that. There's certainly there's some like the Eyes Without a Face, uh, Trop Killers version, or uh, or the um, yeah, To Be a Lover, DJ Dodger Stadium. I think he's from Silver Lake, actually. He's awesome, yeah, he's from out here. He worked with Kanye on Life of Pablo, so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's quite interesting. With the, the, we were lucky to get some really great people really wanting to be involved. There's people like him, you know, and uh, one McLean did Catch My Fall, and he's an American dance punk artist, so that's a little bit close to home. So it was great. I was able to use all these sort of different people. And, uh, and you could recreate these if you wanted to with your band, I guess. Especially right? in Vegas. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, we could try something. I was thinking of trying Eyes Without a Face with this kind of voodoo, but then still come in with Steve Stevens doing that crazy guitar break. In the exactly. Middle, you know, crazy guitar. All right, a, a quick break. Our friend Billy Idol <laughs> is here on the Kevin and Bean Show. Always great to have him in the building here at K-Rock. We'll be right back right after this. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. It's the world-famous K-Rock on 106.7 K-R-O-Q. What a day this has been. Yeah. Tom Morello, last hour on the Kevin and Bean Show, and look who's here in front of us, the great Billy Idol, ladies yes, and gentlemen. This is quite, quite a rocktober. <laughs> it certainly is quite a rocktober. <laughs> yeah. Billy told us something during the uh, break there that I had no idea. With all the things you got going on, with as busy as you are with traveling around the world, singing and whatnot, you also have a radio show? Yeah, I do a show, live transmission on the Sirius XM First Wave Channel uh, 33, and uh, it's kind of, I kind of play uh, punk rock or 80s or anything related, so some stuff back in the 70s or going even forward into the 90s. Uh, with grunge or whatever, I sort of play whatever I, whatever I like or what what has influenced me or, or, or things I personally remember. I can talk about that time. So it's a fun, it's a fun. Uh, hour I'll check it so. out for yeah. sure. Something I love about you, even back in the seventies and eighties, you were moving music forward. And I recently read about artists that you're really into now because you feel they're doing the same thing. They're kind of reimagining stuff from back then as well. You name Post Malone? Yeah, I've been listening to that beer bongs and Bentleys. I really like yeah. it. And of course, I like Kendrick Lamar too. I like that laid back, jazzy thing he's got. Sort yeah. Of, sort of lovely. I love that That's because there's cool. so many just legendary singers and stuff that could say, get off my lawn. Music's not the same anymore. It was always great back then, but you seem really in tune with what's happening now and how to kind of combine that with your, your sound. Well, I think, yeah, move, music is all about moving things on, a progression. It's got to happen, otherwise we'd, <laughs> you know, we'd get, we'll get dead bored. So, yeah, it's really exciting. I, I like looking and finding... Uh, I don't always find things I like, so it's finding something like... I like that Post Malone record. He's, he's got tons of hooks on his songs, and it's interesting. It's almost a different way of having a, medley, a melody than we did. We, mm -hmm. have, we have very obvious melodies somehow, but they've, they're very a little bit more subtle today. I, <laughs> would be, uh, I would believe you more, Billy, if you were 
were willing to make the commitment to get the face tattoo. And yeah. I'm not yeah. seeing that. Yeah. I'm not seeing that from you. <laughs> Let's look into that. The one thing, too, about, about yeah. Billy that, that always always freaks me out is that he's also, he was so funny in The Wedding Singer. Mm-hmm. Like, as if he has to be bad at something. Yeah. Like, did what you, is it? Did you, well, I mean, that movie was, so, you were so good in it. Did you want to act more? Or was that, like, kind of a one-off for you? Oh, well, it was a lot of fun. Of course, I was playing myself. So sure. It's not, it's not a stretch or anything. But it was great fun to do that. I enjoyed the comedy aspect. That was really, I enjoyed that a lot. That was really great. I'm so, sure people uh, run up to you and quote it all the time. On a plane. I, I think there's quite a lot of people in this world who only know me <laughs> because of the weddings. No. <laughs> I don't want to know them. <laughs> the uh, last time we had you on the Kevin and Bean show was when you uh, published your autobiography, which was, what, about three or four years ago or something like that. And I right. was astonished, Billy, and I think I told you at the time, that you are still alive. And you are not old because, let's face it, you put that poor body of yours through the ringer, my friend. You are not only still alive. I think you look better now than you did when you played the Weenie Rose like 10 years ago. Or Acoustic Christmas, whichever one it was. I mean, what's going on? What deal with the devil have you made where you're aging backwards, Billy? Dean, I'm three feet away from him. I don't know if you're getting microdermabrasion. I don't know what it is, but your skin is like... Butter. You know what? You know what? Say yes to drugs. If we've learned anything today, it's that it's that we've it's all been a conspiracy for us. We Don't, should we look better on drugs. Dumbo got that joint. Right. Right? <laughs> what is what is the regimen for a man of your age now with the job that you have? Like, what do you do to stay so fit and keep in shape? Well, I mean, that's one thing about being a singer. You do have to rely on your body. Your body is your instrument, really, and so you have to sort of put back in. You know, for, and for many years, I, I took out. But I was always kind of uh, putting back in. Or I kind of made exercise a big part of my sort of life. So even if I was, I would come home sometimes from partying and still be on a treadmill where my trainer would be saying, I don't believe you're awake, let alone <laughs> running on a treadmill. That's I was insane. going, I've got to do it. It's the bargain I made with myself. <laughs> <laughs> do you, you can still get high if you, if you train. So. But over the years, actually, training, training, and that sort of gave me a lot of discipline, but uh, yeah, I had to put back in. I think that's helped a lot. And uh, yeah. being a singer, you, 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 this, is your, this is your instrument, so you know you've got to take care of it. Do so, you still uh, ride a motorcycle, Billy? I, I do still ride, and uh, yeah, I still really enjoy it. You know, when you go by that intersection. Or do you avoid that intersection? Do you feel, do you feel it in your leg? Hey, well, you do shudder a bit, yeah. yeah. A... I, I shudder when I go by that intersection, remembering what happened to you. Exactly, yeah, no, I still get it. But, uh, yeah, I, I kept riding, and I, you know, I got through that. Where uh, Sometimes when I was going through a crossroads, I'd get a feeling you know, like something terrible was going to happen. But so far, I've been lucky. So Yeah, knock on wood, right? Okay, it's I terrible. need to ask this question, Bean. All right, go ahead. Because <laughs> I've, I've been trying to figure it out since it happened. So on the day that Meghan Markle and Prince Harry got married, you tweeted, <laughs> looks like a lovely day in UK for Harry and Meghan's wedding. And people <laughs> lost their minds. They're like, it's right in front of you. Billy, do it. Just say it. People went ballistic. Then other people were like, Oh, he is trolling. He <laughs> knew not to say it because now we're all mad at him for not saying it. Were you trolling? I know. I, was, I suppose it was really early in the morning watching it, and I suppose I was half asleep, so I really was just being... Oh, I love <laughs> it. Oh, Betsy, no! 
<laughs> I'm in love with Ernest Billy Idol. I love him so just much. Really, I just thought, yeah, it's a lovely. It's, I wasn't even thinking. I just, because yeah. you then did change it, and yeah. you said so. It looked like it was a nice day for a white wedding in the UK. Winky face at the end. I was like, Billy Idol is the greatest were begging human. Me. They were begging That's me. That's so yes. funny. After a while, I could see my notifications where they were begging me to do Just it. Say it. That is so funny. That's great. Before we uh, go, let me hit the three things again real quick. First of all, Vital Idol Revitalized is really cool, you guys, with some of the biggest uh, remixers and DJs in the world doing Billy's classic hits. You'll love that so much. It's available wherever you get your music. Uh, tickets are on sale through Ticketmaster for the Billy Idol Las Vegas residency in January and October. Doing a bunch of shows if you want to check that out. And you're going to be playing tonight, kicking off Cal Jam 18. Now, when we've had, uh, we just had Dave and Taylor in here last week who curated the festival. They said, we only invite people we love. So do you get a call, like, out of the blue from Dave Grohl saying, please play Cal Jam? That's right. It was, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. A personal thing. I actually uh, did a song with them at uh, Jen Jacksonville. We did, we did Give Me Some Truth, a John Lennon song, but we punted wow. up, you know. So that was fun. So it's great being invited to be, it's kind of kick off this uh, festival, Cal Jam, tonight. It's going to be yeah, cool. It's a wonderful festival with comedians and music and so many great bands. And tickets are on sale again right now. Just a few left at uh, for Friday night tickets. Just 30 bucks at Ticketmaster.com. There's also a band playing tonight uh, before you, Billy, called Mexracy, which is a Latin American Morrissey cover band. So don't miss that, Billy Idol. <laughs> All right. Don't miss the mo- Mexican good. Morrissey. I'm that. into it. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to get him into it. <laughs> yeah. It's my get up on for him. Well, I played with Morrissey at the, uh, the Hollywood Bowl recently, so uh, oh, yeah. bad to, yeah, that That's was cool. Good. That was good fun. Find, so. <laughs> find out what he'd be if he was a Mexican band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what has it, Billy Idol, done? All yes, right, come seriously. back and see us again real soon, my friend. Thanks I for stopping to. by. Thank, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Got some bad news, you guys. What? Well, because we just played Lit, now it can't be Keep It 100. Oh, now we have to that, wait until the I, next time it comes up in rotation. I, mean, I didn't read that. That's not in the rules. I've looked over everything regarding mm-hmm. Keep It 100. It can be the same thing. It's not. That's not true. Not well, to do a K-Rock block. Let's, <laughs> let's find out. It's time to Keep It 100. I got to Keep It 100. Keep It 100, baby. Keep Keep it 100. We play any K Rock song you want. Here's what we just missed this week uh, A Perfect Circle Judith would have been for Katrina in Los Alamitos. She was texter number 99 this time around. I would not have been mad at that. Texter 100 is from Nate Listing in Wisconsin. We came this close to hearing William Shatner's version of Common People, you guys, which I also love, his cover of that Pulp song. But neither of them were Texter 100. That, in fact, is our friend Brad, who's in Palmdale, who joins us on the Kevin and Bean Show right now. Hey, Brad. Hey, guys. What's going on with you? Uh, Not much. Just at work. What do you do? I work, actually, in the oil refineries down in Carson. Sounds like he loves it. (laughs) Oh, it does. Wonderful. It's riveting <laughs> minute by minute. You barely have time to be on this call. You're so frantic This down is there. the most Homer Simpson oh, yeah. we've ever had on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brad, every week you probably listen to the show and hear us say it's your turn to pick the song. This time you were Texter 100. Tell us why you picked the song you picked. I've always liked this song, and uh, I've been trying now a few weeks with this one, and uh, I've been wanting to hear it for a while. Okay, and uh, Chip, you're very excited by Brad's pick because your beloved Anaheim Ducks are back playing hockey that counts right now. Brad from Palmdale, why don't you go ahead and introduce this song to the K-Rock audience? 
This is uh, Pennywise with Broham. Keep it 100. Party down for Jason! It floats. The great uh, Pennywise on K-Rock, 106.7 KROQ. Brad, if you missed it, by the way, Brad from uh, Palmdale was so pumped. Screaming. About hearing that song. <laughs> he was screaming. It's so early to be like that. I've never heard a guy so into the weekend. Oh, my God. But, but we're happy to play that for you, Brad. That is your suggestion. We'll do another request for you next week at this time on Keep It 100. Keep It 100. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. All right, Allie, final what's happening of the week for Friday. Make it good. It's uh, Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's day, day, day. Right, Kat? It's like, it's like women against men in this, right? <sighs> Always. We're the wow, I just know, I didn't realize it broke down like that. Yeah, Chip hates it. I <laughs> yep. hate it. Kat so once, hates it. So Kevin once again, the men are smarter. Yeah. How about that? Kevin uh, hates it as well. Like it's I real said. sad that we're uh, we got Kevin on our team. And I just used it. it really I'm, a huge, I'm a supporter, and everyone knows I am. It's Friday. Oh, it's all disturbing. So remember when they were doing that reboot of Heather's? People were all pumped, and then in the wake of the Parkland shooting, mm-hmm. they decided that they were gonna say no to it because yes. there was some stuff. Also, I think it was a good time to say no to it because it was being panned across the board by critics. Mm-hmm. Well, the show's coming back. It, it will be out. So Why? I don't know. everyone deserves a third chance. Absolutely. They did some key edits, but it's going to be a big Halloween event on Paramount Network. Two-hour blocks from October 25th to the 29th. That seems like a choice that they made. And Wait, they're... hold on. What do you mean two-hour blocks? Meaning they're going to be showing Heather's for two hours? No, or... I think there's just a big Halloween event. They're Halloween event. Be doing... okay. that's, yeah. dump- that's technically dumping it. Sure. Yeah. That's I not mean. like, they're not giving it like the shine of a weekly show. It couldn't be good if they, now, if they're scrubbing it. I mean, the whole point of Heather's is that it's inappropriate. Right. <laughs> totally yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, good luck finding a span of two weeks without a school shooting in order to program it. Yeah. Are you threatening? True statement. Oh, that's weird. No, I'm saying it's just, that's what the, that's why they didn't play it. But every week there's something else. It's going to be upsetting yeah. to somebody, no matter when they put it on. Girls named Heather are so bummed because they thought they were going to become a thing again. Right. right. Yeah, no, they're not. Suck it, Heather. Suck it. I knew a good Heather. I never knew. No. Uh, not one good Heather. Just one. No. Maybe. Yeah. Jensen? Not one. Uh, yeah, I've known a lot of good Heathers. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, I'm not coming out against the Heathers. Mm. I was a Mar- Martha Dumbtruck girl. Yeah, bring it. Okay. Yeah. It's right. a little luck into Cat's life right there. <laughs> so Imagine Dragons, who I feel like we just got new music from them. But I guess when I think about it, 2017, that's when Evolve came out. But since we keep hearing it so much, I just assumed, well, they haven't obviously been working on new stuff. Oh, no, they're going to release their fourth studio studio album titled Origins on November 9th. They're taking no break. So they're just finishing up that whole tour cycle from 2017's Evolve. And now they're like, I don't know. We were working on stuff that whole time. Here's the new album, November 9th. 
I have a uh, I have a clip from the new Magic Dragon. Oh, cool! Excellent. Yeah, Yeah. 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 a little bit of a new direction for him here. It's Friday, Friday. Can argue with Imagine Dragons, right? I've already pre-ordered. <laughs> How do you guys? Why do you guys hate so much? Right? Why? Hey, we're in we love. You're the one hating. Oh, I'm sorry, Dan Reynolds, that you had to hear that. That is obviously yeah. not Imagine Dragons. Oh, that, that is was, unimaginative. That was mislabeled. I apologize. A-holes is oh, what it is. You know what? I actually do have. Oh, you do. Oh, okay. Thank okay. God. Good. Here's thank new you. Imagine Dragons. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love you, baby. Again, a new sound for the group. uh, Again, that is not Imagine Dragons. That's a woman that goes to the same bar as Beer Mug. Okay. I guess I don't have it then. Are you sure you want to give it one more stab? Uh, Could this be it? Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. I'm not a cat. I don't say meow. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. Go moo. I feel like that girl before she released that song and became a little darling of people should have looked at her past tweets and deleted some. Oh, were they bad? Yeah, remember oh, people yeah. came out there like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" Like Nazi racist. Oh, really? yeah, she got but... uh, she got milkshake duck, as they say. Oh yeah, the milkshake duck. Yeah. yeah. So no, that wasn't Imagine Dragons I do, either. I do like Guys. that we expected more from the moon girl. I expected so much more. That's a great point. Well, now she'll never be on the Supreme Court. No, no, no. Oh, True. it's just insanity. But you know what? Halloween is just around the corner. Cat Corbett, is there anything fun and spooky happening? No, no. I'm just sitting here. I just, you know. But I thought you had Could you look again? Stuff. Yeah, look one more Check time. your note. Oh, look at that. Oh, all right. oh my goodness. Um, there's lots of scary movies. And I love that the theaters are uh, diving in and really bringing back the old ones. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we did a big post on um, the original Halloween, which is screening. Um, but this weekend specifically, let's... Let's look at Long Beach at the Sunnyside Cemetery. You can see Night of the Living Dead <sighs> at a cemetery. Great movie. To get yes. you, Barbara. Cultural commentary. Mm. Oh yeah, that ending was is definitely one. If you pay attention to that ending, it's an, it's a horror movie of political um, levels that you can you know that we're living in. So. It's a heavily yeah. inspired Get Out. Yes, yeah. very much so. Hmm. Um, uh, we have the Arclight Hollywood showing Scream. Nice. One of my faves. The original <gasps> Scream. The original Scream, right? You know, Drew Barrymore. That that's been out long enough now to be a certified Hollywood classic. Yeah. That's true. I remember when it blew everyone's minds that Drew Barrymore was, um, you uh, know. Spoiler alert. Come on. Come on. I mean, she is a surprise. <laughs> But she's in the whole movie, so she's don't worry about dead. it. She's dead. I'm blowing it for you. <laughs> oh, she on, dies man. right away after oh. the jiffy pop. She's gone. Oh, all right. Uh, Beyond Fest, which has been just uh, killing it with a great, great um, uh, movies uh, for the past week or so over at the Egyptian. And they do the Q&A, so the actors and directors mm-hmm. and all that show up on tomorrow. So tomorrow's great because it starts with Black Christmas at 2.30, which oh, is... great one. I mean... Love it. It's like Margot Kidder. It's, uh, you know, it goes, it goes way back, I think. What was it? 73? 
I think I watched that within the last month, by the way, Black Christmas. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Lots of soft focus, uh, followed by the original Halloween from 1978. And, uh, you know, and then uh, I think they're doing the new one. Um, the 2018 right after, which features Laurie Strode kicking ass. Um, and then if I can direct you to Saturday night, uh, midnight screening of David Lynch's Eraserhead, which is a <gasps> different level of scary and messed up. Great one. One yeah. of the best movies of all time. Exactly. Yeah. All right. There you go. Well, you brought it. Thank you, Kat. That I would have like brought fun. stories about kids, but apparently I was told you guys hate kids. Yeah, we don't like kids. All right. So yeah, forget it. Gross. All right. Some birthdays for you. All these people were kids. Um, <laughs> At some point. Well, Jacob Tremblay is still technically a kid, but he's allowed because I think he was like up for an Oscar, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. does that make that you kid? not a kid? Yeah, it make, uh, no, it makes you better. You're legit. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Francis, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Jesse Eisenberg, and Kate Winslet, and that's what's happening. Thank you, Allie. Thank you, Jensen. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kat. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Black Dog Bob. Mm-hmm. Hey, on your drive home today at 5 p.m., listen to Stryker's commercial free-for-all. It's a random act of helpfulness from the SoCal Helpful Honda dealers. Let me tell you about next week, you guys. Shavo from System is going to be here. Nice. A super secret band on Friday you won't want to miss either. Don't guard that joint, my friend. Don't try to get it out of me, Kat. Come on, Bean. It's, it's Harvey Danger. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bogart that joint, my friend. Pass it over to me. Uh, let's do famous threesomes for 200, please. This was a success. I drank beer with my friends. Sometimes I had too many beers. I liked beer. I still like beer. This will be investigated. This has to end. This behavior is wrong. Period. Well, you guys keep on blah, 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 blah. I'm getting out of here. Uh, this is bad. Let's cut all this out. I just want to go home. You douchebags have no idea what you're doing. Sir, I... This won't happen again. Oh, I know it won't. Because you're fired. Just him, right? Both of you. Bong, bong. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.